0: Is my good friend for years and years. (laughs) Uh, My granddaughter and her daughter became friends at uh, Southern Missouri Christian Schools, how we first got acquainted. Uh, But the Lord's kind of um, in and out with our lives since then. But she's a woman of God, uh, and we love her. And you asked that she come back so. By popular demand, (laughs) we introduce our friend Shirley Darnell.
1: Thank you,
2: thank you, Sister Virginia is one of the best people that I know. Uh, If there's a godly woman, it's her. Heart full of love, um, just this. And I was talking with uh, Sister Lucia. This house, probably one of my favorite places to visit. Your people make everybody feel so welcome and so special, and that speaks highly of their leadership. That's, that's just a big five-star rating for, for the pastor and uh, sis, Sister Lucia there. Um, I love being here. Thank you for letting me be a part of this. I'm kind of like uh, Sister Susan. She said, well, you asked me back. I mean, you know what you're going to get when I'm here. So it's all on you today, ladies. This is on you today. So hallelujah. We can have some fun in the Lord, can't we? Okay, i got to tell you this little uh, thing that just happened recently. I'm going to tell off on myself. My husband loves to tell this, and he couldn't wait to hurry up and run and tell it to different people. We were at a uh, pastor's leadership meeting up in Cape. I don't know, last week or week before, and I think it was called, what, the American Renewal Project. It was kind of like a political thing. There was John Ashcroft and his son Jay, and they had some uh, preachers there. And so this guy gets up there. He's the, he's the Of course, they got like the host, you know, and he gets up and talks a little bit, and they call this first preacher up, and he's up there, and he's got like these jeans on. And he's got like these logger-looking boots on, and I mean, he's slim and trim. He's buff. And he's got this now if you got tattoos, that's cool for you. I'm not a tattoo fan, but this guy was like tatted. he had this big old tattoo up here on his arm, you know And I'm thinking, well, okay, you know, probably probably our age and uh, he starts talking. and I cannot imitate voices very well, but I mean, men and women in that room, we were glued on this man. and after the fact, I, I'm giddy. I was like a little schoolgirl giddy. And so Rex is like, Shirley, Shirley, you got a preacher crush. And I said, dear Lord, I think I do. I think I do. I think I do. Like, oh, my goodness. And so after I'm talking with these younger women, they were just as giddy as I was, Sister Lucia. And, And I was trying to figure out, like, what in the world? And he had this rogue. He was from, where was he from, Minnesota? Main, 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 And so had this different brogue and I'm thought, like, Oh Lord, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. So I'm talking with these other younger ladies and they're like one lady's like, yeah. I leaned over to my husband said, It's store and I'm like, Yes, it was Thor, Oh my word, we were hey, I'm not I don't get starstruck, but I'm thinking, I know I need my picture taken with this man. Okay, ladies, I refrained. I did not do it, but don't think that thought wasn't there. And I did. I didn't even shake his hand, but I was kind of close to him at one point. And I'm like, hey. <laughs> like, oh, my. I mean, it all the way home. Rex is like, Shirley, I've never seen you like this. You're, you're just giddy. And I was like, I know. I know. Holy smokes. Holy smokes. So we looked him up online. Ken Graves is his name. You can look him up. But now, I did decide. I watched part of a message that he did, and I guess the giddiness had worn off of him. He's a mighty man of God doing a mighty work for the Lord. I mean, it's crazy. His story is crazy. But I said, I told Rex. Rex listened to two or three of his messages, and I said, for me, I can't stick with it because it takes him like he's trying to get to this point right here, and I feel like he goes around the world to do it, and my attention span don't last that long. So I'm kind of, whoo. But I am going to go back and watch some more of his stuff. So that was just kind of a funny thing. Now, I have a conference every year called the Princess Warriors Conference. And this is something that I have learned. Now, I'm looking at you ladies, and you look good right now. But usually on the afternoon, after they've eaten, where's she at? Anna? She was around. She said, we need hammocks. We need a nap. I am straight up telling you I'm just crazy enough. If you're dozing off on me, I will walk right back to you. I will call you out. I will do it. Do not go to sleep on me. Hallelujah. Okay, one more little goofy thing, and then I'll get in the Word. The little gift bags that we got. Thank you. That's a very wonderful, wonderful, yes, yes, thank you. You're very, very gracious and generous to your people. So we're sitting over there with my friends, and we're opening up and said, what's in the gift bag? So Linda had hers, and. She had the towel and uh, the sewing kit, the, the notepad thing. And I don't know if she had something else in there or not, the pen and all that. And then Sandy opens hers up. Well, I opened mine up, and I've got the towel, and I've got lotion, which I was desperately needing. There was no sewing kit in there. I said, dear Lord, he knows me. I can't even sew a button on. I don't need a sewing kit. Honey, whatever you got in your gift bag is what you need. Don't feel bad. Sister Sandy, she got the lotion and the sewing kit. So, hey, favor ain't fair. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This morning, though, I want to get serious with you for a moment here. And um, I love uh, Sister Susan's message this morning. And I'm going to tell her this. Don't ever say you're just a pastor's wife. Because what we saw last year was the first time I listened to her. And this year, she's a mighty woman of God. She's a called, chosen, anointed woman of God. And so you're much more than just a pastor's wife. Uh, We were talking about, too, like the PhDs. We got Dr. Dawson. Fantastic. One thing I love that she said last night was she said, I'm eternal. Baby, I'm eternal. I'm sticking with her on that. That was so good. She did a fantastic fantastic job she's going to be with us this afternoon and tonight uh but i felt like like i felt like really last night we had like an apostle paul in the house now i'm going to tell you the difference there's different god's created all of us different she's the apostle paul very eloquent very very she just knows how to lay it out there now i'm gonna tell you what you get with me i'm simon peter I might be rash with my mouth. You never know. You never know. So I claim it, I own it, that if I was going to compare myself to somebody about Simon Peter, and he's my favorite disciple, so there you go. This morning, this afternoon, I want to talk to you about, sometimes I title a message and sometimes I don't. This time I did. And the Lord put this in my spirit. The title today is The Changing of the Guard. If I've ever known that I've got a word in due season, it's this word. And, uh, you know, have you ever watched the, the changing of the guards, like with uh, Great Britain and all that? And they've got, it's a big, it's a huge pomp and circumstance event. And it, we associate it with the Buckingham Palace, but it actually takes place between three places, Buckingham Palace, St. James Palace, and the Wellington Barracks. And there is, you've got guards that have been on duty, and you know, I mean, it's a, they take it very seriously. But there also comes in where there's a changing of the guard. It's going to go, the old are going to go out and the new guards are going to come in. There's a changing of the guards. Uh, one thing that I learned from Rex, he served in the military. And I get a lot of preaching material from his military experiences. And one thing he said was that you never, you never leave your post until properly relieved. You never leave your post until properly relieved. That is a word for somebody in this this morning. Don't leave your post until God has told you to. Don't, don't step out. You might be discouraged. You might feel, I'm, I'm not appreciated. You do not leave your post until you have been properly relieved. Until God himself has released you from that place. So today, I know the conference is new beginnings, and I know, I mean, our, our, uh, Dr. Dawson beautifully last night, the plan of salvation, she laid about the new birth, being born again, and there's no greater new beginning than salvation. I mean, it just doesn't get any better than that. Now, Rex, our sister Karen, is the sister Karen, is that right? Vicki, sorry about that, Vicki, and I know her down at Zab's, I've seen her down there, and she was sharing about the addiction, her kids and the addiction stuff. Rex and I have the privilege of being affiliated with a few recovery ministries, and there is nothing more beautiful than seeing those people come out of addiction and to be serving the Lord. And there's one young man that Rex has taken under his shoulder. His name is Zach, and ladies, uh, he's, he's not Thor, but he's close. Tall, slender, you would love him. I'm telling you, you would love him. Tall, slender, dark. Dark skin, beautiful black hair, piercing blue eyes, and a smile the size of Texas and a very kind heart. We can see that the call of God is on this man. So we've only known him, though, in this recovery part, the good part of him. He brought up a picture. He showed us a picture of the before, and I'm like, oh, wow, you wouldn't even know it was the same person. Talk about somebody with a new beginning those people coming out, of that, they got a new beginning. And it, it's just phenomenal to see that, to be a part of it. But today, the Lord kept leading me to deal with some leadership stuff. And I like I liked to minister to leaders. I love leadership. Uh, I am very uh, lenient with leaders. There's not one leader that ever makes every right decision. If you're sitting out there, you're not the leader, and you got complaints in that, you, you need to put yourself in their position. So I want to talk to you about leadership this morning. It's always going to be morning to me, sorry. Uh, I'm going to give you some biblical examples. We're going to talk about the different styles of leadership. You know, when there is that changing of the guards, there is a protocol that takes place. The old guards, for one, they're brought up like at 1030. They go through a thorough inspection. Everything has to be so-so. When the new guards come in, they come in about 1045, they, they have underwent an inspection as well. There is a protocol anytime there's a leadership change. Um, and both of them, the old and the new, stepped up at the appointed time. There's an appointed time. You and I have an appointed time today. You and I had a date today, whether you knew it or not and whether I knew it or not. So there's a process that has to be adhered to. So today I want to give you three biblical examples of leadership and some leadership changes that took, took place. Now, first of all, I want you to turn with me, if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to uh, 1 Kings chapter 19. Before I do that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray. Father, I thank you for this word. I thank you for each person in this house. God, you are up to something. The, the, things are shifting and changing. You've already begun this, God. It's already, this process has already started. And I pray that you anoint me to speak only what you would have me to speak I pray for every person in this place, God, that they have ears to hear what your spirit is saying. And God, this word, one thing I know in my spirit is that this word today is a confirmation for at least one, and I've got a feeling there's several more. And God, let it be so. Do not let the enemy hinder in any way, but let everybody in this place receive what it is you are wanting to speak today. I give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. First Kings chapter 19. We're going to talk about Elijah and Elisha first. It says, so he departed from there. He found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him, and he was with the 12th. Then Elijah passed by him and threw his mantle on him. He left the oxen. he ran after Elijah and he said, please let me kiss my father and my mother and then I will follow you. And he said to him, go back again for what have I done to you? So Elisha turned back from him, he took a yoke of oxen, he slaughtered them, he boiled their flesh using the oxen's equipment, and he gave it to the people, and they ate. Then the word says, then he arose, he followed Elijah, and he became his servant. Now what we find in this few passages of scripture there is, first of all, Elisha was going about his daily business. He was working. He wasn't sitting around waiting on somebody to come to him and approach him for anything. He was taking care of business that needed to be taken care of. And then we find that Elijah tracked him down. And Elijah had just given him a proposition or an invitation. And once that proposition was out there, that put the proverbial ball in Elisha's court, didn't it? Now, he could choose to follow or he could say, no, I'm staying in my normal, I'm staying in my safe place. I want my comfortable space. Or, you know, the choice was, I can stay and do my normal routine. I can stay in my safe, I'm safe here. I, I know what this is. I know what to expect. I know how to deal with the devils that are right here in this place. Or he had the opportunity to step out in faith, follow a great man of God, and be on the adventure of a lifetime. We know what he chose, but he does. He does. He does ask uh, Elijah. He said, "But can I go tell my parents goodbye?" And the, in a roundabout way, Elijah says, "Yes, you can, but don't forget what I have put before you." So, Elisha, we know he chose. He chose to leave his occupation. Our occupation is usually our security, isn't it? He chose to lose his family leave his family. You talk about a hard thing to do—walking away from your family. God has not required me to do that just yet. Some of you, he very well may be requiring you to walk away from your family. Elisha had to choose to walk away from the life that he built. He left everything and followed the prophet. Let me say that again. He left everything and followed the prophet. I've got to ask you today, how many of us are willing to leave everything and follow the prophet? How many of us are willing to leave everything in order to step out and walk into a new beginning? You see, oftentimes, Sister Virginia, we want that new and exciting thing. We want that new beginning, but we're not willing to pay the price that it costs to get that new beginning. Too many times we're too scared. we got to stay in that safe place. I'm afraid to get out of there. And then we're upset because we don't have that exciting adventure that had awaited us. When God calls. We need to listen. We need to listen. And we need to step out. We need to learn to listen and step out even if you're scared. Even if you are afraid, step out. God will take care of you. Now, from what I could find, a lot of Bible scholars say that Elijah and Elisha, they only had about six years together before the Lord took him up. So when we go into 2 Kings chapter 2, I'm going to paraphrase this. We find the account of where God is getting ready to call Elijah home. And it, it, I, I need to go back and study this a little bit because a lot of people know that God's getting ready to take him home, but I'm not sure how they know that just yet. So in this story, we know that God's going to take him up in a whirlwind. I don't know about you, but I think that's pretty cool. Like, hey, Lord, if it's my time, you taking me before the rapture. Woo, whirl me on up there. I think that'd be pretty exciting right there. So in this chapter, though, we find a conversation transpiring between Elijah and Elisha. Elijah says, Elisha, you got to stay here, boy. God's called me. He's called me, sent me on an errand. He sent me to go to Bethel, and I love Elisha. And he said, "Uh uh-uh, no way, big boy. You are not getting out of my sight. Wherever you're going, I am going. Oh, Lord, let us have that mindset with God. No matter where you're going, Lord, we're going wherever you're going is where we're going. And so they go, they, they, they go. And uh, they get there. They get to Bethel, and these prophets immediately come up to Elisha and they say, "Did you know? God's going to take your master away from you today." (laughs) Elisha says, "I know." He said, "But I don't want to talk about it. You just better hush up about that right now." So we've got this same scenario like three times. Now the Lord has spoken to Elijah and say, "You've got to go to where am I at? Forget one Jericho, one Bethel." Jericho's the next one. He's sending me on a mission to Jericho. Same conversation. Elisha says, Mm-mm, big boy, wherever you go, I'm going. You are not getting out of my sight. And same scenario. This group of prophets come up to him. Did you know God's going to take your master from you today? I know it, but I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to hear about it. Now, I can relate to this. My dad, who was an alcoholic for many, many years, came down with cancer, three or four different types of cancer. He was in the hospital. His cousin, who is a pastor at Puxico, he'd come to the hospital, and he's praying. He prayed my dad through. I saw him pray my dad through. Now, honestly, I didn't believe it. I thought, he's just saying that because he's sick. But I saw my dad witness to his drinking buddies, and his countenance was changed, and that man was radically sick. But one of the things that the preacher said was, yeah, God's gonna do more in your death than he did. You're gonna be like Samson. God's gonna do more in your death than he did in your life. And boy, it hurt my heart, Sister Virginia, because I knew my dad was dying. My dad knew he was dying, but we never talked about it. We didn't wanna I didn't want to hear that. So I'm like Elisha. Yes, I know, but let's don't talk about that right now. We don't want to talk about it. So again, now he's gotta go again. Elisha says, You gotta stay here. The Lord has sent me on an errand to the Jordan. Again, the same thing, uh-uh, big boy, no way. Wherever you go, I'm going. I'm, uh, you are not getting out of my sight. So the two of them, the word says, the two of them went together. And they get there, and there was a group of about 50 men from the guild of prophets, and they had gathered together. But this time, they didn't come right up on Elisha. They, they stood back their distance. And then the next thing that happened, Elisha and Elijah are standing at the side of the Jordan. And this next thing is really cool what happens because elijah takes his cloak off he rolls it up bam he parts he he smacks that river and it parts they walk across on dry land i don't know about you but i think that would be way cool to experience that i ain't heard about it lately but I'm don't, I won't be surprised when we start hearing stories about these things happen. Hey, when Pastor Kevin's on one of his mission trips that he goes on, I won't be a bit surprised when the Lord says, Take that off, Pastor. Boom, and smack that water. We're going to see signs and wonders and miracles, my friends. Hallelujah. So once they get to the other side, though, Elijah says, Okay, I'm going to go. But before I go, what do you want from me? What can I do for you? Ask anything. And I love Elisha's answer. He said, give me a double portion of your spirit. Let it be on me. Ladies, let me ask you today, are we living the type of life, are we close enough with Christ that people would look at us and say, hey, hey, I want a double portion of what they've got. Ooh, that can kind of hit us right there, can't it? If we're not, we better get to that place. And he says, here's the protocol with this. He said, this is a hard thing that you've asked. Nevertheless, I love that word, nevertheless. It just brings hope to me. Nevertheless. Baby, it looks bad right now, but nevertheless. I love that, and I love those two words, but God. He can come through. He does come through each and every time. Nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so unto you. But if not, it will not happen. You see, there was a protocol. What what did Elisha have to be doing? He needed to be watching. He needed to be alert and paying attention. Can I tell you, our sister talked about today, the church needs to wake up. Church, wake up. Be alert. Pay attention because there are things that are going to transpire that if you're not seeing it, if you're not paying attention, you're going to miss it. And then you're going to be upset because, oh, Sister Lucia got all the blessings. Yeah, she was watching and ready and waiting. Woo, that's another word for somebody. So it goes on to say that they stood there talking in the chariot of fire and these horses of fire, they came right between them, parted them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. Again, isn't that the way to go? I mean, talk about classy and making a scene. I told my kids, people told me, no, when I die, I, I don't want the casket open. And uh, I said, Lord, I do. I want that thing open. I want everybody making a big deal about it. Come up there and do whatever. Let's have a big party. Uh, you know, you'd have no say over that once it's over with, but hey. The Bible says that Elisha saw it, he cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more. And he took hold of his clothes and he rent it or he tore them. And then he leaned down, he picked up the mantle of Elijah that fell from him. He struck the waters with it and he said, My God, where's the God of Elijah? And when he struck the waters, they parted and Elisha went over. Ladies, what just happened was a change in leadership. There was a change in the guard. A change in the guard. Now here, fix me back up. The Lord told me to wear. I I ain't trying to show off nothing. I'm not, I don't try to show off, but the Lord told me to wear this. And I looked for it two days ago, and I couldn't find it. I got home last night. I looked for it again. I couldn't find it. This morning, I was like, he brought it back to my mind. I said, Well, Holy Spirit, you have to show me where that thing's at. Same place I looked ten times before, boom, there it was. I was okay, I get it. I'm slow to catch on sometimes, but okay, I get it. And that's why I'm wearing it. I don't even really know just yet what he wants me to do with it, but I'll guarantee you he'll let me know when it's time. And you're gonna know when it's time. So Elisha, he had been the protege, he had been the mentee, but now he just took on a new role. He was the leader. He was the new leader. He had a new beginning. As our sister said, something has to end in order. Yes, something dies or ends before there's a new beginning. He had to leave everything familiar. And I want you to get this part because we don't do very well with this part right here. He had to become a servant of Elijah. See, that word servant kind of rubs us wrong sometimes. We don't really want to be servants, do we? We want to be a leader want to be the leader. We don't want to be servants. So he left everything familiar, and he became a servant. Now, the next example that I want us to look at is David and King Saul. David, I love Elijah and Elisha. And David is one of those people that you can't help but love, David. I mean, good night. The guy broke every stinking rule there is to break. I'm to, he's a scoundrel. He is a scoundrel. But the man, how he knew how to repent, he loved God, he loved people, and therefore we love him and embrace him, don't we? I mean, he's pretty cool. So uh, uh, if anybody, if any leader that we would look at through the Bible if outside of Jesus, if we would look at any leader in the Bible, if there's any one of them that had a right, we like our rights, if anybody had a right to usurp authority, or to try to overthrow leadership, it would be David, wouldn't it? I mean, good night, it would be. We know that he and King Saul had a very tumultuous relationship. Now, I want to share with you an article from this crosswalk devotional, and they break uh, David and Saul's story down kind of like in modern-day terms, and I really liked it. So now, we're, we're on this part of it, we're King Saul. You're in a powerful position within your company. A young upstart who you've been mentoring starts to get more attention than you. Everybody's silent scream. What do you do? Do you take pride in his success? Do you delight to see that the one who is coming after you, they might even do greater things than the people that you've been leading. They might do greater things for those people than you have done. Do you celebrate his leadership, and do you work to make him succeed even more, or do you terrorize him, laboring to keep him in his place? Sometimes we got people want to keep people in their place, don't they? Or and and, and do you do you fight to keep your own power? Now, we're looking at David's side of it. You're the young upstart. You're ecstatic that such a powerful leader decided to associate with you. You have been serving him faithfully for a while now. You've quietly worked behind the scenes. You've expended your energies to lift up the position of your leader. You've done everything to make your leader look good, which is how it should be. Another little nugget, make your leader look good. And suddenly, though, your leader hates you. All of the favor that he had placed upon you, you know, things like having you marry his daughter, now it all seems messed up. It's all backwards. Now you feel betrayed, rejected, lonely, and confused. The future that once looked so bright, you had such hopes in it. Now it's just like, it's, it's just filled with this blackness and darkness. But yet there are some people that are clamoring to make you the leader instead of your former boss. What do you do? Do you run away? Do you stay and fight? What do you do? The article goes on to say that we've just described to you some of the dynamics between the relationship of David and Saul. King Saul was the king. David was going to be the future king. You know, Saul started off well, but he ended horribly, didn't he? He allowed jealousy. He allowed his insecurities to totally destroy him. He became jealous of David when David was getting more praise or more accolades than he was. And I don't care who we are in here, that could be a trigger point for just about all of us. If we're being real, I do a, a Facebook Live thing called Real Talk with Shirley. If we're being real today, that could kind of strike all of us, couldn't it? Ooh. David is clueless until Jonathan, Saul's son, gives him this warning. How many of you know that God will always protect and provide for his people Even when the enemy's trying to work against us, God will give us insight. He'll give us discernment and wisdom. He will protect us. And Jonathan let David know what was going on. You know, Saul became so obsessed with destroying David. I mean, he went so far as to kill him. He wanted to try to kill him. That's pretty bad. If we're we're ate up that bad, that's bad. We're way out of line with what God's word says and what God wants. Prefer one another, love one another. But David found himself on the run more time, more than once to escape the wrath of Saul. But David had the opportunity, listen to me, David had the opportunity to turn the tables. David had the opportunity, instead of being the hunted, he could have been the hunter. And listen what David said in 1 Samuel. It's chapter 24, I don't even know what verse it is. This is NIV. David said to his men, the Lord forbid that I should do such a thing to my master. The Lord's anointed, or lift my hand against him, for he is the anointed of the Lord. In spite of his bad attitude, in spite of the things he was doing, God still required David to behave wisely. Wise as the serpent, harmless as the dove. He didn't take matters into his own hand. He chose to handle things the right and respectful way, which only furthered to set him up for the succession. I heard uh, our Dr. Dawson say she tried to recruit Brother Zach. I see why she did. I mean Lord have mercy, you can't blame her for that. but I heard him say I'm already in a line for succession. and David was in line for succession. But I wonder if he had handled things the wrong way if God would have promoted him like that or not. He may not. If he had taken on the same spirit of Saul, he probably would have never been the king. So the third and final, Example that I want to share with you is that of Moses and Joshua. The Lord kind of got me going on this, and I really didn't even use this verse today, but the Lord put a scripture, I think it's Joshua 3 and 5, and Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves today, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And that is the word, consecrate ourselves today, because God's getting ready to do some wonders, lady we got to do our part. God will always do his part. But it brought me to this uh, example of Joshua and Moses. In Deuteronomy 34, we find that Moses and the Lord are having a conversation. Moses has went up to Mount Nebo. The Lord shows him all the land, and it breaks it all down to that. We're not doing that today. He said, This is the land that I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, I will give it to your descendants. I have caused you to see it. With your eyes, but you shall not enter in. Now, I know that God's ways are perfect, but this scripture always hurts my heart a little bit. Who She talked about Sister Susan did, like those grumbling people, all those people he put up with. And I, I, they were a pain. And yet, he did not. He dealt with all that, but he did not get to go in. So the Bible says Moses died there in the land of Moab according to the word of the Lord, and he buried him in the valley, and nobody knows where his grave is today. So this is what we've got going on. Moses has died. The people are grieving his death, and more than likely they feel that a loss because he had been their leader for a long time. How many of you know when somebody's been a staple in your life and they are gone, you feel the loss of that? And sometimes you're even like, I don't even know how I'm going to go on. I don't know how I'm going to make it. But God always has a plan. Brother Rex and I have been standing on that since February. He fell, hurt himself. He said, in between screams, the Lord spoke to him and said, I have a plan. And so, I mean, we've always known God has a plan, but when He speaks that to you like that, that's like a word, like that's your rhema word. I have a plan. So, God has a plan. If we look in the book of Joshua, chapter 1, God has commissioned Joshua to be the new leader in command. He is to take over and lead the people into the promised land. He has served faithfully with Moses for 40 years. You build a bond, you build a connection when you work with somebody that long, don't you? He was loyal. But God had commissioned him, God had set him up to be the new leader. How many of you know that if you're the new leader, it's really, really good if the people are on board with you? So chapter Joshua 1 and 16 says the people get behind Joshua, this new leadership. And they answered Joshua and they said, I love this, all that you command us we will do and wherever you send us we will go. Just as we heeded Moses, so we're going to listen to you as well. We're going to heed you. Only let the Lord God be with you as he was with Moses. Now, this group of people, they were radical. They were extremists. I don't know if Pastor Kevin's got that kind of people in his church or Sister Bonnie. But they take that even farther and they say, Whoever rebels against your command, if they don't heed your words, we're going we're gonna to kill them. We'll put them to death. But you just be strong and courageous, Joshua. How many pastors wants a group like that? Pastor, if they don't do what you tell them, if they don't go where you go. We just kill them dead. <laughs> that's radical. That is radical. So, hey, Joshua's got to be feeling pretty good right now. God's commissioned him, the people are behind him. So, that's good. Now, I talked a little bit, mentioned earlier about leadership styles. And I want to show you Mo- Moses and Joshua had completely different leadership styles. Moses had a more diplomatic or a reform leadership style. And Rex said, "Well, why?" So he always gets me thinking like, "Why?" And, and so we were talking about it because Moses was an educated and trained man. Get all the education you can get. Just don't leave the Holy Ghost out of it. He was educated. He was trained. Why? Because God knew he was going to call him out. He was going to be the one chosen to go before Pharaoh. Now, I love it, too, because Pharaoh funded for Moses' education. I love it when the devil or the enemy pays for our education, don't you? God can use them to pay for our our blessings and our training in them. So Moses was familiar with the protocol that was going to be needed to approach Pharaoh. Joshua, on the other hand, I'm going to kind of relate him more like Simon Peter. He's probably a little bit more aggressive. He had a more militant style of leadership. Now, during Moses' leadership, God played the role of like a patient father. He was waiting for this new generation to mature. Sister uh, Virginia and I were talking about some people that are childish. They need to mature. Now God was patient with them and he was waiting on them to mature so that he could take them into the promised land. So as Joshua steps into leadership though, the Lord has started speaking in a more straightforward manner. God had grown weary. You said, God don't grow weary. Yes, he can. He grew weary of the people's disobedience, of their hesitance, and their complaining. Now, I try not to be disobedient to the Lord, but I will tell you this. I was convicted on this hesitance part because sometimes, I'm like, okay, God, if that's really you, I need the elephant to show up in the room. I need, y'all do it too. You're laughing, but y'all do it too. And, and God said, I'm tired of you being hesitant like that. We've got to, we know God's voice. When he speaks, now I'm all for there are, there are most everything we need to pray through and we need to know. But there are times when you know that you know, but you don't want to do it because you're scared. Why do we get scared? Because we care what other people think. And, well, I might look foolish. Ooh, that's good preaching. I don't care what you say. So God had commissioned Joshua to lead. The people had gotten on board with the change. However, there's another protocol that followed. This is something that the Lord told Joshua. He said, you do not swerve to the left and you do not swerve to the right. You do everything that I command you to do. You do not compromise. And if you do this, if you obey me, it says, the word says, then you will have good success. Anybody in this house want good success, then we need to listen to God. We don't need to be going to the left. We don't need to be going to the right. And we need to do everything that God has commanded us to do. We don't need to be compromising with the world or anybody else. Stay your ground. When I was talking about Thor earlier, just in his little bit of preaching there, he was a man that stood his ground in some hard situations. And God has honored him and rewarded him for that. So there's a protocol. We've got to obey and do what God says to. Now we know that Saul's downfall was he took matters in his own hand. he thought his ideas was a whole lot better than what God had to offer. And sometimes we can get in that same mindset. God had given Joshua specific instruction. Joshua had been called and appointed by the Lord. And the time frame in which he was to lead that militant, that military-style leadership was necessary. Can I tell you today that God is raising up leaders that we might not think? Well, I can't see them being it, but their leadership gifting is exactly what God has placed for a time such as this. It was necessary. It was nece- it was vital for them to have success. Now we know that we never change the message, but God will change the style. God will change, and God will raise up leaders that oftentimes, if we're in our self-righteous, judgmental attitude, we'll think, well, how could God use them? We're seeing a whole lot of people all tatted up, come out of the addiction. I can tell you this. They can quote the Bible better than I can. They can quote it, and they can tell you where the chapter and verse is found. God is raising up an army that doesn't look like what you and I think it should look like. But this is what I want you to get. Joshua, David, or Elisha, they never, ever attempted to overthrow their leaders. They behaved wisely. They did things the right way. They waited until their appointed time. They never, N-E-V-E-R, never tried to usurp authority. Ah, That's a good word, too. Because, see, sometimes we're sitting back there. I heard a lady say this one time. If you're sitting back there and you think you can do this better than I can, you're probably called to do this. But can I tell you, sometimes people are sitting back there, they're pretty sure they can do it better. I I can do a better job than they just did. But if they'll wait and do it at the right time, God will honor them. He'll open the door and place them where they need to be. They waited until it was the appropriate time. You know what, even when Moses was old, Moses died at 120, even when he was old, you know, sometimes we look at older people and think, well, boy, they need to get out there. Joshua never usurped Moses. He honored him, he was faithful to him, he was loyal to him, he served him well. Second thing, that one thing was they never attempted to overthrow their leaders. The second thing was none of these men were self-appointed. A lot of people self-appointed. They were called and chosen. They were handpicked by God. Do not self-appoint yourself to anything. If you do, if you make the appointment yourself, you're going to have to maintain that baby. And I'm going to tell you something, it'll be hard. And it won't be profitable. But if you let God appoint you, if you let God open up the doors, you let God position you and place you where he wants you to be, you will thrive and you'll be like Joshua. You will have good success. Hallelujah. So if you're sitting out under leadership and you're thinking, I can do better than that. I don't like this. I don't like that. Hold your peace. You hold your peace. Don't be stirring up stuff in your congregation. Don't go among the other people, try to stir stuff up against your leaders, because I'm going to tell you something, God will not honor that, and you will be held accountable for that mess. Don't undermine your leadership in any form or fashion. You keep a servant's heart. You follow your leader as long as they're biblical and you follow hard after God, and you see what God, you talk about a new beginning, you do those things, and you're going to walk in a new beginning that's greater than anything you could have had for yourself. I am finding the things that I thought I wanted or needed or ought to go like this, they didn't go that way. And there's times I've been disappointed, and I've been mad, and who one of our sisters, oh, I even had to apologize to God. And I've been ticked off at God before. But every time, he has set me up far better than anything I could set myself up for. And when I have humbled myself under his hand, then he exalts us in due time. Praise the Lord. Self-appointment won't be successful. You know what? Your current leadership may have a different style than you do. You don't knock it. God's gifted them with that leadership style. When it's time for your style, God will set you up in it. Hallelujah. Third thing, follow the protocol. You know what the protocol is? It's so deep. This is oh my gosh, it's so deep. What's the protocol? First of all, learn to be a servant. Ooh, isn't that deep? See, we don't we really want some big something that really puffs us up and makes us feel good. Learn to be a servant. Elisha, it said he followed him and he became his servant. We know his story, Elisha did twice the miracles that Elijah did. If he had been arrogant and puffed up and, and think he was all that, he was never going to do those things. Hallelujah. Walk in and be willing to serve your leader. Be a faithful and loyal servant. Be willing to serve your leader. Can I tell you today that sometimes, ooh, this is glamorous right here. I wish I had a big T.R.R. on or something. Sometimes, baby, you've got to scrub the toilets. Sometimes you got to take out the trash. Sometimes you got to do those minute things that there's no glamour and glory in that before you ever get behind a pulpit. Sometimes you got to serve somebody else before God's ever gonna let somebody come up under you. I just scrubbed toilets this week. Hallelujah. The article from the Cross Rock Devotional hit the nail on the head as far as describing the relationship between David and Saul. The mentor had done his job well. He, he, he had trained him up well that this upstart was coming up, and he, he was able to take over. He was able. He could have very easily outshined the, the mentor. The mentee could have outshined the mentor here's what happens the insecurities begin to shine through they they have a tendency to to kick in don't they every one of us have insecurities of some sort every one of us brother rex asked me because we know we got dr dawson here i loved her he said are you intimidated i'm like lord no i'm gonna be her biggest cheerleader sisters are you going to be intimidated with those other speakers? Lord, no. I'm going to be your biggest cheerleader, baby. Any woman in ministry, I'm going to support you. I'm going to be behind you. I don't have to be intimidated. One thing that Sister Lucy always says, every time I've been here, she said this, be yourself. Be yourself. I can't be Dr. Dawson. I can't be Sister Susan, but I can be Shirley Darnell because that's who God called me to be. Hallelujah. So be yourself. Don't get in that comparison mess and all that. Don't worry if somebody's outshining you. We're all about God's business. It's all about building the kingdom. It's about the kingdom. If we're going to have our ego stroked every day, we're in trouble because there's days nobody's going to be stroking it. You know, are we going to cheer our successors on or are we going to try to sabotage them? The young upstart, he's thrown into a tizzy because what in the world's happened here? This guy loved me. He was my mentor. I respect him. But now all of a sudden, he hates me. What am I going to do? That's what it is. That's what it is sometimes. That's how it turns out. As I begin to close, everyone in this place is a leader of some sort. Rex and I have been talking about this. He just taught on leadership not that long ago. And one of the things he says is leadership is influence. And influence is leadership. Every one of you have a sphere of influence. You are influencing somebody whether you realize it or not. Now, are you influencing them to where they would want that, I want that double portion, baby, that's on you? That's something to think about. So you're, what kind of leader are you? Can you relate to any of these examples I've given? Today? Are you a Moses? You got the diplomat style that God's called? It. Are you a Joshua? You're more of a militant person. I'm more of that militant. I love. Well, sister, she says, me too, she's more militant, but she had the sweetest, and she's talking about love and intimacy, and I'm thinking, man, I wish I brought my sword, because I'm like, let's fight to the death. <laughs> <laughs> to the death, and I didn't really know Rex was coming, or i said, bring my sword. When I got ordained a couple, two or three years ago, you know, most women, they get flowers and candy. Rex comes home, and he's got this big sword for me. I'm like, yes! Yes! He knows me. He knows me. You know, are you a King Saul? Is somebody look like they're coming up, and they're out shining you, and you're feeling a little bit insecure, and there's a little bit of jealousy rising up? You know what? That's normal, but the thing is, you have to deal with that. You have to deal with that. If we don't deal with things... Then they grow, they become, turn into that root of bitterness, driving you to the point, like Saul trying to kill David, that you will do things. Now, you didn't start out that you would do things against your leader, but you will do things trying to sabotage them. This is a hard word this morning. It's a good word, but it's a hard word. Because it makes us, we got to turn the searchlight on, don't we? we got to do the searchlight on in us. So, you got to deal with them. Maybe you're a David. Maybe you've broken every rule that's been broken. And you think, well, how could God use me? I'm a wreck. Woo! Honey, I'm standing right here. I've broken every rule there's to be broken. And God picked me up out of the miry clay, set my feet up on the rock, and that's what He's going to do for you. He can you. Hey, I always say this if He can speak through the donkey, I got a chance. I got a chance, hallelujah. You know, maybe you're like Elisha. See, I know this word is going to be, I've I've got a couple things that I'm going to close out with in a minute that I know are straight from the Lord. Maybe you're like Elisha, and you've you've been going to work every day, and you're just doing your own business and doing your thing, and somehow an Elijah has come by and said, hey, leave it all and follow me. Ooh, it's hard, isn't it? It's hard to walk away from our security. The Lord had me leave my job. I've been gone now 21 years, I think. That was my security. I found my identity. I worked for UPS. It was a prestigious job. It paid very well. I liked what I did. I loved everybody I worked with. God said, you walk away from it. And I'm not a theologian, but I'm smart enough to know you better listen to what the Lord has said do. And I did, and I'm going to straight up tell you this. It was some of the hardest years of my life when I left there. Nothing went the way that I thought it would go. Nothing. I was discouraged, went through depression, angry with God. So, I'm telling you this if God's telling you to make a big change like that, you better know that you know that you know. But God is calling some of you out. God is calling somebody in this place. You're going to have to leave all. You're going to have to be willing to lay it all down. How are you going to handle it? You know, you're going to be willing to forsake it all? You're going to be willing to follow? Only you and Jesus can work that out. You know, doesn't Jesus tell us to lay it all down anyway? In Matthew 19, it tells us about that everyone that forsakes houses or brothers or sisters or your father or your mother, your children or your lands, he says, for my name's sake, you're going to receive a hundredfold. That's better than any stock market deal you're going to get. You can't trust the stock market right now. Whatever God's calling you to do, whatever new beginning. I loved it. I was on when my sister said, It requires the death of something to have a new beginning. God's calling some of you for a new beginning. He's calling you to come out of your comfort zones. He's calling you to trust me like you've never trusted me before. It's not easy. He didn't say it would be easy, but he just says, I'll make a way. I will make the way, but you're going to have to step out and trust me. So in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to come. Rex and I talked about this transition Uh, The whole body, the whole body is in a transition of some sort. Transitions are hard. They're hard. You know what? Just as Joshua, there was a transition between Moses and Joshua. Joshua lost his Moses. David lost King Saul. As mean as Saul was to David, he still loved him. And it was a loss to him. Elisha lost his Elijah. And we were talking about the scripture. It says, after he got Elisha, Elijah's men on, and it's like he just, you know, for one, he rent his clothes. That usually means I'm in some kind of grief or pain or something. If I'm renting my clothes, unless I'm on a football field, and you know, you know they do that. But we're not in that situation here. He was, there was grief. There was a great loss there. What's the scripture? Count it all lost? I can't even think of it right now. Transition is a place of maturity. God's calling his people. It's time to mature. It's time to grow up. It's time to be willing to follow him. Step out and do whatever he's called us to do. I'm going to pray with you in just a minute. I want to share two things. First of all, Pastor Kevin... I didn't see him this morning. I said, Lord, I know you gave me a word for him, a verse. He gave me a verse for Pastor Kevin. And I said, God, if I've not missed it, because I have missed it a time or two, said he'll be in this place today, and he's sitting right back there. And the Lord spoke this to me. First of all, he spoke it. For my personal self, I was in the mully grubs. You ever get in the routine, the same old mundane? Every day, get up. We were going through the same routine, and it felt like months of it. And I was like, Lord, I don't do well when it's like this. I get bored. I get restless. I'm. I, is this all there is? I'm sick of this mundane stuff. And I don't know how the Lord did it, but he's put this Isaiah 43, 19 in my path. And as I was preparing for this, he said, that's not just for you. I want you to share that to Pastor Kevin. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and a rivers in the desert. No, he said, behold, I will do a new thing. Now, I know this. I don't know what goes on in this house. But I know what goes on in some houses, and every house has this one thing in common. The enemy wants to come in and divide and conquer and destroy. I know that even in church where the presence of God is, where you've got some of the best praise and worship going around, you've got good preaching and teaching, but I know that it can be a wilderness at times. I know that it can dry up and feel like it's a desert place. And where is the presence of the Almighty God? Well, I bring good news today because the rivers of living water are fixing to flow and bust this place wide open. Somebody stand up and give the Lord some praise in this house. Hallelujah. Stand up and give the Lord some praise. That's a good word from the Lord. Now, I don't operate in the prophetic very well this is a prophetic house and I don't operate in the prophetic very well but I know that God said behold I I I am doing a new thing This church ought to be coming unglued right now. And I know this, it's not just for this church. It's for every believer that is hungry and thirsty for God. If you've got, you're following hard after righteousness, you better get ready, baby, because God said, I am doing a new thing. You want a new beginning? You held on to God and wait and see what you get. Woo! glory, glory, glory. Glory. Glory, God, we thank you for that word today. We thank you that there's hope in the scripture. It's in the scripture. If I came up here and I just said, oh, Pastor Kevin, God's going to do it. No, 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 God said you give him that verse. That's the word of God. It's alive, it is truth, it is powerful, and it will come to pass. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You can be seated. The next thing I want to share with you you know, if we have, if there's prophets that you follow, you know, we'll share their stuff on social media. We'll, I've shared, I, I like Kent Christmas, and some of the times I share his stuff. I don't know very many prophets, but there's a couple. But sometimes when it's our own people, well, oh, that's just so-and-so. We were at, uh, Brother Rex and I are serving at Life Chapel in Puxico. He's the worship pastor. I am the associate pastor. We need prayers in our church. God's doing something, but it's a battle, just like every church. But Brother Rex, he was ministering Wednesday night. And we meet at 6 o'clock for prayer before the service. Now, for him, I mean, bam, he was locked in. He was in the zone. You know, you can tell when somebody's in the zone. The God was just all over him. Me, it was like, I might as well bang my head on that wall, and I battled it about 15 minutes. Finally, I thought, well, I'm going to go. I wanted to change our sign. We got a sign up there. It had the same old saying on it. I was like, I'm sick of that. I got a word I want to put up there. So I just went and took care of business. Came back. It was time for service to start. And uh, I seen, I mean, like the presence of God just all over him. I love our sister used that scripture out of Acts. I console myself with this. It said, I perceived that Peter and John were ignorant and unlearned men but we knew they'd been with God. So I knew that Rex had been with God. And he opens up, and he's got a prophetic word. He says, he said, the Lord has never used me like this before. And I asked him, could I share that today? Because again, just like the scripture wasn't just for me, it's for all of us, specifically the pastor, but it's for all of us. And I feel like this word that Rex had is for the body. And this is what the Lord spoke to him Wednesday night. He said, this is the beginning of a turning, says the Lord. Behold, I do a new thing. Old things are passed away, and I make all things new. My spirit will move in waves around the earth. There will be many voices, but listen for my voice. The waves will not overtake you, but you will be lifted up by them. My word will be strong in you, and many, M-A-N-Y, many will come to repentance, and they will be covered. Draw close to me, and don't be distracted. There's going to be a turning. I think it's already started. There's been a shift in the atmosphere. You know, there's some things you can't really pinpoint it, but in your spirit, you've got to be in the spiritual realm. This isn't a physical realm thing. There's already been a shift, so there's a turning. And I thought it was so cool because the Lord had already given me this scripture to share, and then he's got, Behold, I do a new thing. Old things are passed away, and I make all things new. That's a good prophetic word, isn't it? Praise the Lord. Right now, if you would, for those of you, I don't really know what the Lord wants me to do with this mantle. But those of you that God's calling you into leadership. Some of you are chomping at the bit. It's my time, it's my time, but it's not time yet cuz God hadn't opened the door yet. Any one of these things, I want you to come. I want to anoint you. I don't know if we got oil or here or whatever we got. Lay hands on you whatever we need. God's raising up leaders. I'm your Elijah coming by saying, hey, God's calling you out. Thank you, sister. God's calling you out. Are there some Elishas in here that you say, Lord, I'll forsake it all. I'm going to follow you wherever you say go, whatever you tell me to do. We've got, I loved it this morning. Diane came up. And uh, I love their, t- there was another, Sister Susan, all that tender stuff, and Diane and Sister Virginia, you know, and they're like, oh, oh, we got, oh, we love each other. And I'm like, no, not really, not really. But they got that tender spirit. But talk about an example of a mentor and a mentee. And Sister Diane serves Sister Virginia faithfully. And it's not just because they're sisters. It's because that's what's in her heart. She recognizes God, and if I understand correctly, Sister Diane has laying down everything to step in to full-time ministry. Now, I'm going to tell you something. One of these days, Sister Diane, if the good Lord takes Sister Virginia, well, we're believing we're waiting on the rapture, but if he does, Sister Virginia, your ministry is going to be left. You've got a successor coming up that you've trained, and you've shown them the right way. You've done a good job. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've done a good job. But they're a perfect example of a mentor and a mentee. This morning, is there anybody in this place that says, God, know God's called me. God's called me to step out and do something. Sister Virginia, I need your prayer team. I know there's more. I'm going to let you pray. start praying with them. I know there's more in here. Who's up here that God's calling you into something? He's calling you to a new beginning. Can I tell you, we talked about this. Rex and I talked transitions. New beginnings, it's uncharted territory. We don't know what it looks like. We don't know how it's going to work out. The old ways, we're familiar with that. We know what to do. We know how to handle that. But the new things, oh, don't you, when you get a new car, you don't read that manual, you don't know how to work that new car, do you? And that's kind of what we're like right now. God's raising up warriors. He's calling us to step into new things and to step out and trust Him, forsake it all. Rex and I are kind of in this place. He's been off work. I think he's not going to go back to work. But do you know what? It's kind of scary. Well, how are we going to make it? Sister Susan, how are we going to make it? How are we going to buy groceries? Well, I'll tell you how we're going to buy groceries because God, if he's fed, uh, what, Elijah with a raven? Honey, he can rain food down in my house. He did their loaves and fishes. There'll be more than enough, I can tell you that. And God is calling us to step out trust him like never before we are living in the last days if we're not serious about God right now we're never going to be and it calls for a more militant some of these young people that I see talking with my own son he's out in Phoenix and there's some of the stuff that he says I'm like whoa he's hardcore but you know what the Lord said he's raised up for a time like this his leadership style looks different than mine and God's going to use him for a time like this because we got some we got people coming up. They don't know how to act right in church, Sister Bonnie. They don't know the rules. One of the most refreshing things at the recovery, if you ever get a chance, attend a recovery meeting. They don't know the church rules. They don't care if you got benches, chairs. They don't care what color your carpet is. All they know is, I'm getting set free. I'm following Jesus. And we better get that same mindset. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care if God's called me to scrub toilets. I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. Father, right now, I thank you for each and every one of these that have come forward. God, you are doing a mighty work. You are setting each of these women up for a new beginning. And God, I pray that you just begin to speak expressly to them, that they hear your voice. And God, I'm talk loud, but most of the time when you're speaking to us, it's quiet. It's intimate. It's personal. And I pray that you begin to speak to each of these ladies and that they know, God, that this is this word has been a confirmation for them today that, oh, I knew God had been dealing with me about that, but I've been hesitant. I've kind of been disobeying God. I've been laying back and afraid to step up. I didn't even want to tell anybody about it because then if I do, I'm going to be accountable for it. But, God, today they've made the commitment. They know your voice. They know your calling. And you anoint them. You equip them. God, you don't give us the whole picture. You give us bits and pieces. But, God, you always give us enough. You always give us enough that we can take our cloak off and strike that water. And it'll part, God. You give us enough that when the priest had to step into the water first, God, that water was still high. And they stepped on. They had to take that first step. And, God, I say today that these women have stepped taken that first step now you part the waters for them that they can walk across on dry land and they will uh, 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 fulfill the destiny that you have called them and chosen them for God these women have not appointed themselves but you have called them and God they are already serving faithfully someplace or you wouldn't even be calling them to step up to this next level and God you speak to them you confirm it even more saturate them with the Holy Ghost, with your presence, Father. And God, I cannot wait to see what this army of women are going to do. There's an army rising up. And God, you are using some of the least likely. And God, you're using, ooh, women. I heard our doctor say last night that back in the day, Church of God, women, 80s, ooh, women couldn't be in ministry. Ooh, but look before us today at all these women that are in ministry how can we not praise your name God I celebrate each and every one of these women I pray for a double portion of your spirit upon each and one of them God all I see here is a line of people of world changers they are going to turn this world upside down I don't have access to the president but God I have access and influence in certain places and so do they and you are going to flow through them in a mighty way there going to turn their worlds upside down. And we're going to praise you for it right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, I glorify you. I thank you, God, for the work you've done in this place today. I thank you for the new beginnings that each of these women have embraced, God. And that does mean, as our sister says, Something's got to go. Something has to die. Some of us might lose a Moses. Some of us might lose Elijah. But God, you're still raising us up for a time like this. You have equipped us for such a time as this. And let us embrace that and march boldly in your name, God, that you are glorified, Father. It's nothing in us, Lord. It's you. It's your glory. It's your anointing that makes the difference, Father. Flow through each of us in a mighty way, Almighty God. I praise you, Lord, and I thank you for these women. Pour out your Spirit, double portion blessing upon my sisters in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Yeah, this is exactly what we're going to do right here. I don't. I, do I need this mic? Still? I, I'll try it with the mic. And unless God gives me a specific thing to pray over you, I'm not going to pray over you. But this is what I'm going to do. We're going to pass this mantle. Everyone of you is going to wear this mantle. Thank you, sis. Thank you, sis. Sister Susan, I don't know what God's calling you to do. You're ministering under the power and authority. You've got a holy boldness. You're second rate to nobody. You're called. You're chosen. You are making a difference. But get ready, sister. There's a double portion blessing coming for you. You're going to do greater works than what you've already done. You're going to step out with even more holy boldness, and you are a world changer. Hallelujah, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Sister Penny, you're a world changer. You've been kind of back on the back burner. God's kinda had you in training, you like Moses on the backside of the desert. He's kind of had you separated out, and you're not even really sure what you're to do and where you're to do it. But God said, get ready, I will open the door, because you have stayed faithful. You have been a loyal servant. You have not tried to usurp any authority, but you have walked in my ways. You have followed hard after me. Get ready for a double portion blessing in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Pour out the Spirit upon her right now. Sister Bonnie? Carol? Carol yeah. I keep calling you Sister Bonnie. I know. You ain't Bonnie Goins? No. no. Carol, where are you pastoring at?
1: I'm ministering at the rescue mission in St. Henry. In, in, in
2: well, forgive me. Sure. Forgive me. No, but I like being Sister compared Carol. to her.
0: <laughs> That's a good
2: thing. Well, sometimes if you're like me, I've never cared about age. When I hit 59, whoo, it was bad. I'm eternal. You're eternal. You're eternal. I
0: learned that last night.
2: You're eternal. <laughs> that's exactly, that's a great point that we got last night. Yes, ma'am. But God is not done with you. He has seen your steadfast, faithful service to him. There's more to come. There's more to come, sis. You've just had a drop in the bucket, but get ready. Get ready for a gully washer. <laughs> That ain't spiritual lingo, but get ready for a gully worship. We're going to have a double portion. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, God, anoint her. Double portion of your spirit, Father. Use her mightily. Even in, we know we're in the last days. And, God, she's a vital point. She's a vital part of the body of Christ, ministering people that others won't even come in contact with. God, you anoint her. You let it flow from her. You put the people in her path. That she has the exact word for them. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 hallelujah.
1: Yes.
2: What's God telling you? What's He telling you to step out and do?
1: Uh-huh. Go to Tennessee.
2: Ooh. Forsake all and go. Okay, you built your life here.
1: Yeah, I've never been anywhere but St. Louis.
2: (laughs) All right, Father, your daughter's heard your voice. She knows what you put in her spirit. And God, there is nothing greater than us following your voice. There's no greater ministry that we do than ministering to our own families. Now, God, sometimes you call us to walk away from our family, but in this case, you're calling our sister here. She's to go and minister and take care of her mother. God, that's an honorable, an honorable calling. And you give her the strength, you give her the peace about it, God, because it's hard to leave everything where we've been. We all know, we. it sounds great when it's somebody else doing it. And it <laughs> sounds, ooh, it's exciting. But it's not that exciting when it's us having to make that decision. But God, you give my sister a double blessing. You give her that double portion. You give her the strength that she can step out and obey what you said. You open up the door. You close the doors here. Sometimes God has had to close doors for me because I didn't have the strength to do it. So what our sisters say last night, they downsized her job. And that's what got her into the next position where she need to be. So, God, you close doors that my sister needs doors closed that she don't have the strength to close on her own. And you open up the next door. God, right now, in the name of Jesus, let it be so. Strengthen her, comfort her, and anoint her for this next leg of her journey. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. God, I thank you for Sister Sandy. God, you've done a work. she has been a lot of hurts in her life. There's been a lot of what felt like rejection, abandonment, a lot of pain. But God, you're binding her up. You're healing her. You've got the healing balm of Gilead. You've already applied it to her heart. And Father, now she has matured enough in you that you are setting her up for the next phase of her journey. God, I think I've got an inkling of what it is, and you won't let me tell her because you want to tell her yourself. And, Father, I just pray that you confirm it to her right now in the name of Jesus that beyond a shadow of a doubt, she knows what that first step is to take. She may not have the whole picture, but she knows that, oh, I know God said that I am to go here. I am to start out right here, and I'm gonna, she's going to be obedient unto your voice on that, God. And once we take that step, you'll, op- you'll part the waters, God. Let the waters be parted for my sister that she knows, oh, my goodness, God has done this himself. I know that this is the hand of God. It didn't come by man. God, man will fail us and mess us up, but you never do. You bind us up. You heal us. And, God, you're setting her up for a good success. Let her receive it. Let her step out in it. And let there be, yes, fresh oil. My sister said fresh oil in this vessel. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah that time yes ma'am hallelujah you've been through hell and back oh yes many times and but i didn't left my kids god said he's going to bring them all back though that's so right <laughs> that's right I just what's god that. what's god calling you to do what's what what leadership change what is the new beginning that god is calling you for well i have to set up this rehabilitation work
1: program, and I don't know why I'm at the standstill, but
2: I've not had a job in almost a year, he's still taking care of me, so it's time for something else to happen now, I know
1: I can feel it, it's coming, and it's coming quick, but I don't know what it is yet, I don't know what's going to move that obstacle. Mm
2: -hmm. Gracious Heavenly Father, our sister has stepped forward in faith, she's taken a step of faith, knowing that you're dealing with her, that there's a change. God, you said there's a turning. You said you're going to do a new thing, and we just don't know exactly what that is or what it looks like. But our sister still stepped out by faith, trusting in you. And, Father, first of all, we're calling her children in. God, I can relate to her story. I've got family that I was pretty sure they were on their deathbed, but you still kept them. God, we're going to praise you, first of all, for keeping her children. And, God, you let her see those children humble themselves before you. You see them. You let her see them raised up in you. And in turn, God, they will be leaders and they will draw in people that she never had the chance to draw in. And, God, you've heard her say this about her, Vicki's Village, a house, a transition house, a place for these, a ministry for these addictions. God it's desperately needed we can't build enough places for all the addictions that are going on god you make a way god you've sustained her thus far and god you begin to open up the doors and i don't know if she needs a job i don't know what she needs but god you do and you make the way just like the loaves and the fishes god you make the way for this house to be completed you let her begin to see your mighty hand of work. God, the most frustrating thing is to be on a holding pattern. I hate to wait. And God, but she's waited patiently. She's waited faithfully. She's still sought after you. And God, you begin to open up the doors. You begin to honor her. You pour out that blessing up on her, God, that will open up the windows of heaven and see if I'll pour out a blessing, one that she can barely contain. Let it be so in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. God, we rejoice in you. We thank you for what you're doing.
0: mm mm-hmm.
1: Yes,
2: okay. gotcha, yes, Thank yes. work to do that yes, you don't know what it is? I
1: don't know. I think it's involved with music.
2: Okay. Do you mind? My husband is here and God uses him many times to lay hands on the sick and they recover. I'm good for it. She needs a healing in her hip. God called her to ministry. She's in a music ministry. And he's kind of calling her out to travel around to different places. We both know when you're down. Would you care to pray over her if she needs the strength in order to do what God has called her. She's willing to step out. She's willing to follow. But she needs the physical strength in order to do that.
3: Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you, Father, by the power and the authority that you've given us through the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Father. And, Lord, we know that it's hard to worship, Father, when you're When you're hurting or when you're in pain, God. Yes, yes. And, Father, I I pray for healing to come upon my sister, Father. I pray for healing from heaven right now to come upon her body in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Hallelujah. Every part made whole, every part made complete, that there's total healing, total completeness in her body, Father, right now by the power and the authority that's in the name of Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. Give you glory, Father, for there your, for your presence is. right now, God. We give you praise, Father, for the work that you're doing. We thank you, Father, we for your goodness you. and your mercy, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, oh, Lord, I glorify you. Father, thank you for your healing touch right now upon my yes. sister, God. yes Thank yes. you for the healing that's in her body right thank now, you, Father. Father. Hallelujah. In Jesus. Bless the thank Lord. You Lord. Bless thank you, the Lord. Lord, Jesus. Thank you, Glory Lord. Glory to your name, Bob. The devil hates worshipers.
2: know <laughs> you guys. You, you worship Lord. extra more. You give that yes, praise. God told me in my conference this year was worship and warfare. Hallelujah. And that's what we're in. We've got to worship, and we're definitely in the warfare. And you keep on. calling you to sis
1: thank you. i just want you to speak whatever you feel like i've been spoken he's been speaking to me the whole day today so i just came up here because it is a
2: transition time so gracious father i thank you for this precious moment of god i've seen her serve you for years i've seen her faithfulness i've seen her be loyal but god i believe that right now you're calling her To step out and instead of her being the mentee god she's called to be the mentor and god we know as she said i'm in a transition and god transitions our heart it gets blurry get fuzzy in there because we're not sure which way to go but god this very day you speak to your servant and you give her at least the first step that susan this is the way i want you to walk don't go to the left don't go to the right. Don't you, you do everything I've commanded you to do. Don't you compromise in anything, but you stay true and loyal to me, and you will walk in good success. So many times we're worried to step up because we don't want to fail. I spent so many years worried about failing that I didn't do anything. Guess what? I was failing because I didn't do anything. And I don't know what your new season is, but it may look a little scary. It's out of your normal, out of your comfort zone, and God's saying, You trust me, I am not gonna let you fall. You are not going to fail.
1: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
2: Hallelujah. 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 Bishop? What you up there for? cost him everything for us, didn't it? If I was going to, if I was going to pass a mantle to somebody, if I could be Moses, this would be my gospel If I was going to pass a mantle on it, would be to this young woman. Right? If I was Elijah, this would be my Elisha. She's a world changer. Now, I've, I've watched her life for years. And I've watched her be afraid to step out. I all the different. We got valid reasons, don't we? We got we got so many excuses, not even funny. But I've also watched God do a mighty change in her. I've watched Him place an anointing. She's always been anointed. She's already walking in that double portion anointing. She is seeing God bring to pass the desires of her heart. That, my friends, is what God will do when we are faithful to Him. When we go through the right protocol, we walk in the right way, we behave wisely. I know some of her hurts. I know that she could have been like David, and she could have wanted to take down some leaders that was in her life, but she never chose to do that. She behaved like a mighty woman of God, and now she has entered into her season of the blessing and the power and the anointing of the Almighty. a drop of what's going to take place sister you are a world changer I can see you traveling the world and ministering and you're not going to be scared you're not going to be intimidated you're not going to feel like oh who am I to be how could God use me but instead you will walk in the authority and the boldness of the Holy Ghost and you are going to turn this world upside down for Jesus hallelujah Lord devil portion on my sister today God hallelujah hallelujah and God has used this word today Tisha it's a confirmation to you and you're not the only one there's others here but God has given you a confirmation am I willing to forsake all what in the world I don't know, Sister Cindy, but I feel like I know you. I know. You just got a beautiful, (laughs) sweet face. Well, sweet spirit. Thank you. Same one. What are you here for? Um, God's been wearing some
1: changes. (laughs) Imagine (laughs) that. (laughs) Um, He told me I was going to start writing. (coughs) Uh, We've got the first one almost ready to print. Um, Got a prophetic word a couple weeks ago. Just kind of and see what God's doing
2: and I don't know what he's got planned but whatever it is I'm in (laughs) yes amen father I thank you for sister Cindy I thank you for our spirits bear witness with one another God I can tell she's an anointed godly woman I can tell that she's been a faithful servant and now God you're calling her to new things to new beginnings God with the writing and that's probably only the tip of the iceberg of what else you're going to do with her God, just let it be confirmed in her spirit. Let Don't let fear or doubt. The enemy loves to make us doubt what God has spoken. And we know that God has spoken. But the enemy has a way of just coming in there with just a little bit. Well, did God really say that? Was that just me? Was I just in my flesh? But God is going to let you know beyond a shadow of a doubt exactly what he wants you to do and when he wants you to do it. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, a double portion on my sister. God, that she will know that she knows that she knows. There's no more dilly-dallying. There's no more confusion while she's in that waiting season, God. But she will wait patiently upon you. God, she'll be just like the prophets and the leaders we talked about today. They didn't appoint themselves, but they waited until you had appointed them. And God, you let it be so on my sister in the name of Jesus.
1: Thank hallelujah. God,
3: thank, thank, you you thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank hallelujah. Hallelujah.
1: Hallelujah. We have a couple of things
0: going on. Our business is in transition right now, and it's our main ministry. It's actually a business, but it is our main ministry to our clients.
1: And also, I'm a teacher, I'm gifted with teaching been A teacher for many years in California and I cannot get the door open here. I'm trying to just start a home Bible study. Okay. And it's like I can't get people interested in wanting to know the Bible. I just don't
0: understand.
2: Okay. Father. I feel mm-hmm. like I'm
0: losing hope.
2: Losing hope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what the enemy wants you to do.
0: Uh-huh. You're gifted.
2: You're called. You're anointed. Mm-hmm. The enemy would love to rob and you see, he can't take it from you, but if he can discourage you enough that you'll just lay it down, well, what's the use? What's the use? And that sounds like what he's trying to do to you. God, their business is in a transition. That's their main ministry. They minister to their clients. Yes. And God, I don't know what that transition is, but I pray that you speak to them. You give them clear, specific instructions of how to do it, where they're to do it at, and what that looks like. God, you you have the greatest blueprint That's ever been written, God. And you let her see that blueprint of what you're wanting to do in her life. And God, she's just sharing with me that doors have been closed. She's a gifted teacher. And God, there's nothing more frustrating than when you have a gift and a talent and you don't get to use it. So God, I pray right now, take away the frustration and the hopelessness. We speak life and hope Over our sister Cheryl, God, and that she leaves here today rejuvenated, revived, and renewed, and expecting this new beginning. God, it doesn't look like how she's tried to do these bible studies God, and they don't look like what she thinks it should so just maybe you've got a different plan maybe you've got a different avenue that she needs to be ministering. maybe it doesn't look like oh they're going to come in my home and i'm going to do a bible study but god you make it clear you open the door you set her up god you said if we will follow you just like joshua when we follow him We listen to every command. We're obedient, we're humble, we're loyal, we're faithful. He will set us up for good success. Can I tell you today, sis, God never intends for you to fail. He's got victory. He's got victory written all over your name and your ministry. And you hang on to that, and you stay true. You stay, but even though it might not, you might go home today, and it might, like, the whole thing's falling apart. You say, but God, nevertheless. Nevertheless. We
1: have a meeting with the city. So that'll a
2: meeting with the city. God, right now we pray for favor. Yes. God, you're the God. Oh, yes. You can you can open up doors for us. With God. With man it's impossible, but with God, all things are possible. And we speak, Father, that our sister walks in divine favor with this city meeting. Who I'm glad to see God work and getting involved in city stuff and and when the 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 government and the city people that aren't godly people and they think they're shutting down doors for God's people, God said, "Whoa, back up, boys, cuz you're going to do what I say to do." And God can give you favor that God will open the door that no man can open. Hallelujah. We thank you for it, Father. Hallelujah. You give us update what's going on. God introduced me to Sister Cindy about, I don't know, two or three years ago. I was at, I was having my own conference, and she got delivered there, and she was sitting out I didn't know her from anybody, and God said, I want you to let her testify, and I'm like, whoo, I, I'm kind of, I mean, I guard the pulpit, but God said, let her come up there, and she came up there, and she shared a testimony that turned that place upside down. It was anointed. Now the enemy since then Cindy has tried to wipe you out. But God says not so. You belong to him. You're a daughter of the most high God. I have a group called Princess Warriors and you are a princess and you are a warrior. I got my sword. She's got her sword. Hallelujah. And you don't grow to weary or discouraged and I've told this word to you before. You don't try to kick open doors. You wait patiently upon the Lord and you let him open the doors. You let him open the opportunities for you to minister. Again, just like your mama, when we've got a gift and a talent and we want to minister and we're back on the back burner, oh, man, it gets frustrating. It gets frustrating.
4: I went trained.
2: So you don't grow weary in well doing. You hear me? Yes. You don't grow weary in well doing. Okay, then you go to a place where you can get trained. You ask God, lead me to the right places to get training. Pastor Kevin, we got training. Don't we have training stuff here? We can hook you up. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I lift up Cindy. God, she is another warrior that has been through hell and back. And God, the enemies tried to wipe her out time after time. But God, you are the faithful, true, and loving God. You have kept her. She is graven in the palm of your hand. There is no weapon formed against her that will prosper. But God, you have called her, chosen her. You are setting her up for success. She will not fail. She will not falter, but she will lean on the everlasting arm of God. She will walk boldly in the places that you open up for her. But, God, she will also learn to be a servant first. We serve before we ever get to leave. And, God, she's asked that I need training. Father, you make the way for this woman to receive training because you're all about us being prepared. You call us and you equip us and let her be equipped in the mighty name of Jesus, Amen,
0: Amen,
4: Amen, Amen. Is, is Sister Bonnie's not here. Did she leave? Oh, she is. Okay. Well, I got that word in 1984, <laughs> and and. And in 85, I left Grace United Methodist Church as youth pastor. Well, Bud and Bonnie Goins invited me to preach. <laughs> I was 27 years old. And I mean, the people went wild. You know, the spirit broke out. And, but what I'm saying, Brother Bud told me, he said, if you'll stay in Poplar Bluff, there'll be an explosion of revival in the young people. But I didn't stay, oh. I went to Nashville. All right, But my son has a word about that from David Craig. So it will happen. Yes, it will. Yes, it but will. I'm just saying, some of these older saints, he saw something, she saw something, and they invited me when I was making transition yes. to come and minister. Yes. And it encouraged me. Yes. And the second thing, I want to say something to Tish. I don't know if you want to come down here so I can look you right in the eye. Yes, she does. Yeah, she does. She does. Okay. Uh, I, need t- t- I need to say this. Yeah. Come on. She came to our church wounded. And she, every time you would talk to me, you would cry. She couldn't look me in the eye without <laughs> crying. And uh, then she decided to leave. And she told my wife she was leaving. And I said, why didn't she talk to me? I'm the head of the house. (laughs) Yeah, but you didn't. And then when you came preached here, I had a little something in my crawl because I said, she didn't follow the right protocol. She talked to my wife but didn't talk to me. You know, and I just couldn't feel the blessing towards you. And I apologize for that. Okay, but what I want to tell you All that weeping and the fear that you may have felt towards male leadership. You know, I didn't try to intimidate you. I always had a fatherly heart towards you. And I want you to know I still have a love for you. And I don't have anything bad in my spirit or my heart towards you. And so today, I want you to know I release you officially. She went back to Palace of Praise. And that's fine if you're being blessed and trained. You know, we're a prophetic house. I felt like I could have trained you and a couple of others a little bit more if you could have, you know, been settled and committed. But it didn't happen. And that was a disappointment to me. But it's okay. I've had plenty of others (laughs) to deal with. And some of them are knuckleheads sometimes, Yeah. (laughs) But I want you to know that I release you from any feelings or any intimidation you ever felt from me or any fear you might have felt toward me. I'm just a teddy bear. (laughs) And I love you. And I release you into the fullness of the calling of God in your life. Amen. All right? Give me a hug.
0: I'm going to turn it over to Sister Virginia. She told me I go around 35, 40 minutes. But the Lord had other ideas. <laughs> We're right on schedule, though. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The Lord doesn't know how to torque our <laughs> our conference, does Hallelujah, hallelujah. Do you need to stand up a little bit? I think I'll ask Zach to come, if you don't mind, Zach, and uh, lead us in a song of praise and worship and get uh, Dr. Dawson. I saw her in the building, so she's here. But we'll let you stretch a little bit. You've been stretched in the spirit, now we'll stretch your body a little bit. I guess I could do like the elementary teachers and ask you if you wanted to do, you know, the jumping jacks and all of that. You remember those days? Oh. Hallelujah.
1: Hallelujah. God did something today that I've been praying for for five years i didn't i i thought i was gonna have to walk it out literally (laughs) i've worked i've had three ablations on my back i'm sorry three ablations on my back and i've had physical therapy over and over again trying to get some mobility in this hip so i can walk without a cane i finally can walk without a cane but i I felt like I looked like the hunchback of Notre Dame coming, (laughs) walking down the aisle. But God has touched me, and I want you to watch this.
0: Hallelujah. That's God. That's God, hallelujah, hallelujah. Did you say, <laughs> <laughs> did you tell me you had a song you wanted to share? Okay. She needs to, well, come on up. On the keyboard, yeah, she plays the keyboard. Is the, key, is the keyboard on, guys? Okay. Is the, is the mic on there too? Oh, oh. I'm on holy ground. Come on, I'm to shoes. <coughs> yeah, just. Uh uh-huh. You need a stool or anything? Or you okay?
1: God gave me this song in 2005 when I was a member of this church and when I was ordained here. And he made it to where I could teach respiratory therapy, something I always wanted to do. But while I was waiting, I was very impatient. And I said, Lord, why... Why? I've been good. I've done everything you said. I go to church three times on Sunday. And once on Wednesday night, I'm a part of the praise team here at this church. And I I couldn't get any answer. And one day I sat down at the piano and he gave me something. And when God sings to you and gives you an answer... It really messes with you. I wrote it down in about 10 minutes. It was all done. And he gave me the, um, the tune. And this keyboard is not on, I don't think. Oh, well, the vol- volume's down. Oh, there you go. And what I'm going to sing to you, he has asked me to sing to you daughters in this place because it is um it's because your faithfulness that you're here it's because your faithfulness in the little things that he can make you ruler over many i taught for 12 years at black river and i thought my time is over when i fell in in that bathtub I didn't think I was ever going to do anything again. And he called me to do praise and worship at a cowboy church. I'm thinking, that is not my style. (laughs) But I'll go. And I went. It was in Illinois. Never had been there, so I can't say that now anymore. And God blessed. And two people gave their hearts to God that day. When you are obedient, you do see fruit. But this is to the daughters who are waiting to go, who are who are wanting to be there. And he's telling you, he's on your side. I'm not sure I can do this pedal. <laughs> standing up.